my faith and my hope doesn't minimize my trauma. And I think sometimes we think if we hope or we have positivity, and and that's a big thing, honestly, in the community that I'm in, is that this false positivity, I don't want to be false in anything, but I do have faith and hope, and I want it to be presented in a way that it doesn't minimize someone's trauma. However, it's a foundational thing in which I stand on, and it is how I'm building my legacy. and welcome to the Raw and Mama podcast where we discuss life, motherhood, faith, and purpose. I am your mom, friend, and cheerleader. Yes, I said cheerleader, Mary Dupaval. I am excited to have you on here and pray that you leave this episode and every single episode to follow inspired, encouraged, and motivated to step into the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Let's begin. Okay, so... This conversation, I feel as if has been long overview. We've been honestly trying to sit down and before our first meeting, yeah, uh, we had been struggling to get a sit down. It was like our schedules didn't line up and things yeah. would happen. And so when we finally got to sit down, I feel as if it clicked to me and I was like, aha, this is why yeah. it was a struggle because I feel as yeah. if that first conversation was a was mind blowing. There was so yeah. much revelation. And I just knew yeah. I was like, A, this is why also this is B, this is why Pastor Julie was like, I have someone that I want you to talk to. And I was <laughs> like, she was right. So I am sitting she's down. Awesome. She's awesome. I'm <laughs> sitting down with Bonnie Root Roth and we're just sitting here and we're about to have an open, honest conversation about yeah. It was a conversation we had prior to, but now we're like, you know, let's record this for the world to hear. Cause I think this is yeah. a conversation that's gonna build bridges and yeah. heal communities and yeah, bridge communities to separate yeah. communities that we've never seen um, interact yeah. as much or have open, honest and transparent conversations. So yeah, thank you good. for being on. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on Bare and Not Broken. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're thanking each other for being Thank yes. you for having me on your platform. Thank you, thank thank you for you. coming on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Great. So, I mean, I was reading um, in Baron Not Broken. I know you told me just like a little insight of why that was started, but tell everyone, I guess now yeah. this is for the people on my platform who yeah, don't yeah. know why yeah. Baron Not Broken was started. Give us a little insight onto what inspired you to do yeah. that. For sure. So Baron Not Broken podcast started just a little over a year ago. And honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought maybe through my best friends would listen to it. Um, but it came from wanting to have purpose from my own pain. Um, and really just taking mine and my husband Jason's story of 19 years of infertility um, and chronic health issues to a place where hopefully we can bridge the gap um, with family and friends and our own femininity as women. Because when you walk through infertility, man, it can crush that femininity like no other. And so really my heart was, I just wanted to create a space where people could hear. And I say people because men and women, you know, there's male and female infertility. And um, also it's, it's something that you don't go through by yourself. Like your spouse is fully there with you. So we started Brain Not Broken really to just give a place for one other people to share their stories 
And two, um, for us to have a space to shed light to what we walked through and hopefully help people. You know, I think the reason why we say bridging the gap is because the reality is there's so much space that happens when we go through things in our lives and someone in our life that actually cares doesn't understand. And that's a space creator. And we want to bridge a gap between those, those things that could isolate us. And so really, you know, people have asked me like, why the word barren, right? That's not really the most positive verbiage. Um, but I say barren, not broken, because the reality is I am physically barren, but I am not broken. And I'm going to choose to not live my life broken. I don't want my marriage to be broken. I don't want my friendships to be broken. I don't want my own emotions to be broken. So Mm. I think we can have barren places. And you and I talked about this. We can have barrenness in our marriage and our friendships and our relationship with the Lord. We can be barren in places of our life where there's addiction and um, loneliness and fear. And so I think for us, we just wanted to give a voice that, hey, barrenness doesn't have to actually be an ugly word, um, but it is a painful word. Mm. And in that, we don't actually have to allow it to break us. And so that's really where it came. It just came from years of maybe one-on-one sharing our story with people, but never just like laying it out there for the masses and wanting it to have the ability to shape legacy in spite of the fact that we don't have human beings that we're bringing into this life, um, which is what culture says is legacy. And so for Jason and I, we're just plowing a path that legacy looks a little different for us. Um, And so after 19 years of infertility, we made the decision um, because of my chronic health issues to go ahead and have a hysterectomy. And so I had that last May of 2020. What a year to have a hysterectomy. Yeah. Can I just tell you that was crazy? (laughs) Oh Um, my gosh. On top of everything that's going on. Let's just make a life decision. Yes. (laughs) In the middle of a pandemic. Yes. Wow. It was. It was nuts, but it was out of desperation and it was out of choosing quality of life that I hadn't had our entire married life. And and then turn allowing Jason to choose that because emotionally this does affect him. So yeah. we um, we made that decision. So we're stepping into a lane of choosing to live um, childless after infertility. And we're just kind of on a new adventure of discovering what that looks like for us. So um, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that if that is not purpose that's being birthed, I don't know what is. Cause that, I hope so, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know so because I think it, it's being just the other day, I forgot what I was talking, I was speaking to my husband about something and I think we were praying and something that just popped up, like came in my mind was, you know, your purpose has to be greater than the trauma. Mm, that's good girl always going to be greater than the trauma that you've experienced and god will pull you out of the trauma that you've gone through to birth purpose out of you and i think like listening to your story you know after 19 years of trying of going through this journey to finally just say you know what god you knew i would get to this point yeah. And you knew that I could take it, I could stand yeah. it, and I'm going to make this decision. How yeah. has that kind of reframed? And I know what you said, what I, I love is so beautiful. When we hear legacy, right? Mm-hmm. We always think of kids. So yeah. it's like, now it's like, 
you're actually, I feel as if you're widening in the net. Like a lot mm. of us are very like, we're structured to think it's only the ones that I had that are my legacy. But now yeah. it's like, I feel as if what you just said kind of made me realize like mm. legacy is so much, it's so much oh, more yeah. later than just the yeah. children that you have. It's yeah. the people that you impact and your children. That's right. Under that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think that's exactly um, what you just said is how Jason and I, you know, because being childless is not new to us, right? We've been yeah. childless our entire 20 year. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage um, in April. And I just have to say, like, the reality is like, we know what it's like to live without children. And so that entire time, regardless of hoping and believing and, and standing for and all the moments that you're just like, this is going to happen and coming to the place that it's different than what we thought, but the entire time we've actually been building legacy and it didn't have to do, have anything to do with if there were going to be human beings that carry on our last names or our bloodline. And so I think for us, we've just learned that making an impact in our community through our, um, our faith community, our, the city that we live in, um, you know, Jason and I, we want to leave a mark. Like we're mm. determined to leave a mark in the people's lives that we have influence over. And I know that's your heart too, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why you do what you do. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just a matter of exactly what you're saying, like reframing and widening the net of what it looks like to build legacy. And I think a lot of times we allow culture to put us in a box as moms or Mm -hmm. as childless women or women dealing with infertility or women who are trying to start a career or women who don't want to have a career in like showing up at a nine to five. Um, I think we put ourselves in box, a box of what that means and how we make impact. Yeah. But it's not actually those things that are allowing us to make impact. It's our day-to-day, moment-by-moment choices. And Jason and I are determined that we're going to leave a legacy of a healthy marriage, a legacy of healthy friendships, mm-hmm. you know, a legacy of a beautiful faith community, a legacy of actually like having a section of our city that knows we're going to show up and be faithful. Mm. And so I think that for us, it's, it's really been uh, what you said. I mean, this is life-changing for me right here when you said purpose has to be greater than the trauma. And I could sit here and list for a whole hour of the show of the trauma that we've been through. Yeah, um, And that's very real. And I don't minimize that. And my faith, and I, I do want to say this for listeners, my faith and my hope doesn't minimize my trauma. Yeah, it does. And I think I sometimes that. we think if we hope or we have positivity and and that's a big thing honestly in the community that I'm in is that this false positivity. I don't want to be false in anything. No. But I do have faith and hope and I want it to be presented in a way that it doesn't minimize someone's trauma. Mm-hmm. However, it's a foundational thing in which I stand on and it is how I'm building my legacy. Yeah. I think that's so true because um, I, and that's not, you know, 19 years of going through this uh, of infertility. I, you know, we had like, we lost the pregnancy and mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, you know, everyone, you know, was like kind of pray and just believe. And I mm-hmm. felt as if like, did, maybe I didn't believe enough. 
maybe I didn't mm. have faith enough. Oh, I, so that. I, so, <laughs> I mean, and that's a lot that'll of get me real fired up, girl. That'll get me real fired up. Because <laughs> I honestly, I went into this inward place of like, man, maybe I didn't yeah. believe enough for this. Maybe, you know, I just accepted the decisions the doctor said. And I was just like, yeah, mm. that's it. The babies, there's no more heartbeat. And yeah. I started to blame myself because I thought there was mm. something that I could do. And my faith wasn't strong enough to wow. carry what God wanted or maybe yeah. because I wasn't as faithful. And you start to go that it's crazy, man. What lost us to like you start to go down the list of things that yeah. like maybe this is what I did wrong. And in a way, like you said, it's like you can't your faith cannot minimize the trauma that you're going through. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. use and a lot of times I feel like as Christians sometimes yeah. say, well, you know, because you didn't have, you know, faith just believe, but like for you guys, what if the faith and the hope mm-hmm. is coming to this point of yeah. accepting God, what God has, like, this is what it is. Yeah. That this is the path that God wants me to travel down. Yeah. What yeah. if the hope is that God is always good, even yeah. if it doesn't turn out the yeah. way I want it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a very real question. Whether you've dealt with a miscarriage or you've lost a friendship, right? Yeah. Like a, a rift happens or you have like a place in your marriage that's kind of like that tense place that you don't want anybody to know about, but it's so real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that what happens is often, um, sadly, in our faith communities, we want to go straight to fixing it. Yes. And making it better. I'm doing air quotes, better. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we can't handle someone else's pain. Yeah. And often that's because we might actually have to face our own pain. Mm. And we've spent so much time minimizing our own trauma and pain and sitting, allowing hope and purpose to come from it. That then what happens is we project that on other people. Yeah. And whereas if we would allow ourselves to awkwardly, because it's awkward as anything you're going to do, sit with someone in their pain and whether, like I said, whether that be a friendship or infertility, a miscarriage, but especially in like what you're saying, when you miscarried, you needed someone to say, Hey, guess what, Mary, this is not your fault. And you don't have answers maybe to why, and maybe you won't ever have the answers, but you actually still have value. Um, and I just feel like there's this sense of, of, needing to tell someone to focus on something else instead of the pain. And I just want to say like, for anyone who's listening, that's experienced what you did. Um, be honest with your friends, be honest yeah. with your family and tell them, Hey, I actually, my faith isn't wavering, but what's happening is I'm questioning a lot of things. That's very yeah. different. If yeah. God's okay with our questions. He's okay with our pain. He's okay to be awkward with us. But we need friendships. We need people in our lives who are going to be awkward and be okay with us questioning um, and allowing us to come to where our faith is deepened. If we don't, yeah. if we're not allowed to question and have moments of needing to sit in our pain, if we don't do that, then what happens is we don't give ourselves or those we love opportunity for their faith to deepen. And yeah. really what you needed is you needed to be able to have your faith deepened in that time, but it can't if you're blaming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it, it's about you and not who your faith is in. 
Yes, that's so true. It's it's funny because like that was the first time like I um I had conversations with my pastor. I had conversations yeah. with my mom and it was beautiful because when I found myself retreating and just friends mm-hmm. and family, they basically said, you know, grieve. Yeah. Cry. Don't good. be ashamed to feel bad. Don't be ashamed yeah. to feel that's a sin. Man, I'm broken. Um yeah. one thing I know like, you know, Pastor Julie, my mom, anyone I would see yeah. basically told me like just sit in it. That's don't right. stay there. Don't build a yeah. tent. Don't build no. a tent. Don't don't, don't build, build a tent. Don't take a stake up. Don't take a <laughs> right here. Build the whole city. Yeah, exactly. Feel it. Because yeah. the only way to go through it is to feel it. A lot yeah. of times, like you said, is we want to mask it. We're just like, no, don't focus on the grief. Just focus on the goodness of Jesus. But yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. I feel hurt. And you can be angry and Jesus can still be good, right? He's so good. He didn't He's change. so good. And like, right. and, and I'm I really think- angry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's even crazy about that is that in a way we think that our emotional state changes who God is. Mm. And God doesn't change. So if I'm angry, that does not take away from who he says that he is. So it's like, if I'm questioning the goodness of God, does it change the fact that God is good? He exists outside of me. He is Mm. absolute outside of me. So even if I may not feel his goodness, that doesn't change the fact that he's good. And so I think that was like, you're right. It helped me to deepen. My questions were like, man, I feel like this is my fault. And they were like, no, God, I want to point you to what God said. Feel it. Be angry, grieve, cry, yell, whatever you got to do. Sit in the dark room for as long as you (laughs) want to sit in the dark room. But don't forget yeah. That God is absolute. Yeah. He never changes. Yeah. And that was his okay. promise. And so, and I think that's why, if not, if yeah. we read the Bible and it was dependent upon our emotions, then God is wavering. Yeah. So tomorrow, if I wake up and I'm like, I, I I feel kind of upset. So God is now upset. He's like, no, yeah. that's not me. That's That has nothing to do with me. I'm that's good. me yesterday to today and forever. But I mean, that, that you're so right is... We always sometimes we feel as if questioning God makes us less Christian or less yeah. believers. And it's like, no, yeah. God can handle the question. Yeah. I feel like I, when you were saying that, I thought about like even the disciples, they mm. asked the question and God deepened their faith with the answer. That's good. And so yeah. Because the questions are there. What we yeah. do is we we hide them. A lot of us have questions like for years and years of our faith. Yeah. And we're like, I'm not sure why this is like this, but we're so afraid to voice it because, yeah. but if you voice it and someone answers, then now it's like, man, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I have a question for you. Unless you. Unless you had, so, you know, you're, first of all, you are just incredible at speaking purpose. Like when, <laughs> when I first was like, you know, of course, like Facebook stalking you, Julie's like, Hey, you've got to meet my friend. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I'm gonna. And so I'm all checking it out. Right. Um, just, I love that you hone in on purpose, right? So your community yeah. is, I, I want you to share with, with my listeners, like what <laughs> your community is all about. And then hopefully we'll lead to what we got to talk about, which was so awesome of friendship, friendship, like how do you be friends with a mom when you're childless? How do you be friends with yes, a mom when yes, you're going through yes. infertility? How do you be friends? Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. But <laughs> I love that your heart is all about 
purpose and identity. And the reason why that means so much to me personally is because like I shared at the beginning is I just wanted my pain to have purpose. Like mm-hmm. I I don't believe that I have to live in the trauma and the pain that I've been through. Like it's real. It, I I could tell you some crazy stories. Um but yeah, the reality we have to come back on for that. <laughs> um and they're kind of depressing so I, I don't know. They're real though. Um but I knew that all of those things, one, going back to what you said is God's goodness was there through the whole time. Yeah. I have, I have known God's presence and his goodness every moment of the way, but what drew me first to your voice and your community and what you're doing and is that it's, it's that you're declaring that there's purpose in the day-to-day things. You're declaring that there's purpose in every woman out there, no matter what their story is or what they're doing or what they're focused on. And man, it just inspired me to keep going and doing what I'm doing because, um, yeah. So I just, I want to, why, like what stirred that inside of you to like inspire other people to see themselves with purpose? Cause I think sadly we don't always. We don't. Oh my gosh. And you're talking to someone who just started seeing herself with purpose. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm on a mission to free everybody. You know that when you get your freedom from something, you're like, I'm out on a mission. That's me right now. I am, I am on a mission and I am like, listen, there is no woman, no person that comes around me that will not leave to build something greater than where they started. I tell somebody my motto in life. I said, listen, if anything happens to me, I'm about to tell my husband, write this on my tombstone. She always left whatever she touched better than when she found it. That's That's my desire in life is if you come around me, I should somehow, or we should work together to make sure that it's better than when we first found it. Um, I think for me, I just, for a long time, I went through a period in my life where I just felt as if I didn't, you know, as a Christian, we're always like, we're looking for purpose. We're looking for purpose. Mm-hmm. And purpose mm-hmm. was always this big thing that we arrived yeah. at. Like you're Not- attaining. Yes. Like we yeah. had to attain purpose. And yeah. it was finally in like a season that God showed me, you're, you walk through purpose. It's Mm -hmm. not a destination. It's a journey. And your purpose, you know, the assignment on purpose will change. Like there'll be different things that you'll do that, but all of it is functioning in purpose. And so it was breaking that idea in my mind because I felt as if everything I was doing was not enough. Like I had to do Mm. this big thing. It had to be this big accumulation of something Mm. for somebody to say, oh, she's working in purpose. And I'm like, but I've been doing all of these little things. Is it not enough? Yeah. Yeah. And so even like for identity for me was I grew up in church. I thought I knew, you know, you think you know God until you're faced with like hardship. And I, I just, I questioned, I was that person, like you said, and it's funny you said that I always asked questions, but I was afraid to ask them because I was like, I don't know if this kind of changed the fact that I'm a Christian because I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't want to ask it out loud in church because I don't think it's appropriate. But it's like, I, I created the Royal Mama platform because I just, I met too many women 
say to me, too many moms say to me, too many just women, mm. period, that would say to me, oh, I dropped that along the way because mm. it didn't serve me or it wasn't the right time yeah. where I am and I'm trying to rediscover myself. And I'm like, why do I, why should I, when I became a mom, I knew, yeah. like, I'll be honest, I, I got pregnant two weeks after we got married, came back from the wow. honeymoon two weeks later. We had planned this whole thing out. It's going to be yeah. two years. I was like, oh my gosh, it's exciting. Two years, we'll travel, uh, you know, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'd worked out for my wedding body. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I get to... <laughs> And then I was like, I'm pregnant. I was like, what in God's green earth is happening? I didn't even know. And there was the wedding body. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, Jesus. And, And so it was crazy because... I wasn't dreading. I I remember, and to be honest, for the first like month, I wasn't Mm. excited. Yeah. I wasn't excited about this new journey. Yeah. Yeah. I was scared. I was angry because everything society told me was, well, your life is going to change. Crazy. You're you're not going to be able to, oh, you want to do that? Don't even think about it. Oh, you want to travel? Don't even think about it. Yeah. And so everything that I had planned to do, it mm. felt as if like this person all mm. of a sudden was going to be an obstacle. Wow. And so I was like, and I found myself in this place where I remember like crying and I was like, mm. oh my gosh, I don't, you know, I want to be excited, but yeah. I don't know if I'm excited because it feels as if I'm going to have to give up myself for this yeah. person. I'm not ready to yeah. do that. Yeah. And I went on this journey and the Holy Spirit was just like, you never, I never told you that you had to give up yourself. Yeah. I never told you that you ever stopped. You needed to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was pulling that and saying, you know what, God, you knew I was going to be right here two weeks after like being pregnant after getting married and you knew I was going to be pregnant and yet you gave me the dreams yet you gave me the vision. And so I I lost, I'll say I lost my identity for a, a while where I, I just mm. felt as if I was just existing. It was just yeah. like, I'm there. And, you know, growing up, there were things that happened, like even young, like at a young age, there was like um, sexual abuse that I've spoken to. Yeah. My mom. It's like the first time I've actually said that out loud. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> there was there was that. And so I lost yeah. my identity in all of these moments and I had to go back and start reclaiming myself in these moments and saying, you know what? I'm not a victim. I'm not that little girl. I'm not this. I'm not that. And so I went back into these moments and I basically retrieved myself. Mm. And I said, even in that trauma, let me go back and see where God was. Because the enemy's greatest lie is when you go through a trauma, he tells Mm. you that God abandoned you there. And so you journey through life feeling as if, and I you know, I had abandonment issues. My dad died mm. at 13 and I remember, wow. and like I said, that's a, that's a story for another day, but it yeah, was one yeah. of those experiences. Like it was experience that changed my life. Mm. And I just started to feel as if God was abandoning me. Like there wow. were parts of myself. And so then he was like, he took me on this journey of saying, now let me take you back. And I want you to see where I was in each of these yeah. Yeah, I was right there with you. I was yeah. here with you. And yeah. then I started to retrieve those, yeah. those lies, like those the, yeah. the truth out of these situations. Yeah. And I was like, let me take that back. I'm going to take this back. I'm going to yeah. take this back. And I just started to find confidence. And it's a journey. I oh, mean, yeah, I, finding your purpose and yeah. identity, it's a journey. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, 
it, it you never you're never I still struggle yeah. I mean this week yeah. I'll be honest was a huge struggle I go through yeah. weeks where it's like I know what I have to do but it's getting yourself sometimes out of the funk that you're like you know what no I gotta push through it and every yeah. day and every moment that you conquer then you solidify your identity because yeah. no longer am I yeah. tied to being timid or shy or yeah. not being able to speak in in public I yeah. start to retrieve all of that and say no the reason why I'm struggling with this is because God has called me to do this and so yeah Yeah. that was just like and now I'm on a mission to free everybody yeah that's awesome I'm taking a sledgehammer everywhere girl (laughs) seriously like and I think that's why we connected because our stories are very different right you you get pregnant two weeks into marriage and you're like oh my god my life is over (laughs) what have you done to me and I'm like two years into my marriage 19 years into my marriage and I'm like, God, like you've abandoned me, right? We're both feeling that in our trauma, he's abandoned us. But what I think knitted our hearts is that we've both had to do the hard work to go back and retrieve ourselves. Yeah. Because I can say the same thing. I can say in year two, I'm having my first surgery in year four. I'm Mm. on all kinds of medication in year 10. You know, like we can go back to these points where there is trauma but I think what I love about your your message is it doesn't matter what our stories are, right? No. And I think that's why collaborating is so special for us is because both of our platforms need to hear that they're used to a, their own little bubble and box, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And I, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm speaking to Bear in that broken community, I hope that we will open our hearts up and understand that what you're saying, it doesn't matter if the story part is the same. The mm-hmm. part about we all walked through pain and trauma and we all have had moments of feeling abandoned. And I love what you said here about you don't actually have to lose yourself to get to your dreams. Yeah. And what happens is we we have this lie that sets in that we are lost. Like I I believed the lie that because I can't have children, then there's certain things I can't do to help people. Yeah, yeah, right. And we we actually talked about this. Yes, so we did. We'll get, you yeah, know? and that's what the enemy does, though. Yeah, he wants you because he wants to silence you. But yes. there's, I feel as if there's a healing that comes from your story that even mothers. Yeah will benefit from. Yeah. And vice versa. You know, I, I know like when you were sharing your story, I was like, Oh, like that's going to be a trigger for some people, um, in the community that I walk in. But what I hope is that they'll step back and, and be willing to get past that trigger because the reality is, is you said some really powerful things about what you've had to walk through to find purpose in your own story. And here's the thing. Purpose is evolving. Purpose yes. is not a thing. It's not something that you get to. And I think what happens is, in, and, and sometimes in faith community, but I think in any of our lives, we can tell ourselves that we're going after this thing. Yeah. But really what happens is we miss out. And that's what happens is we lock ourselves down when we're like, wait, I'm going after that thing, but you've missed all of this in between. The journey. The journey. the journey is what actually creates the purpose. Because you can make, I mean, you can have your mindset on this dream mm-hmm. and, you know, you journey through it and you just like, all you pay attention to is like, I just want to get there. I just want to get there. Yeah. I want to get there. And there are little moments that brought you happiness that you yeah. missed 
to acknowledge, yeah. you failed to acknowledge. There were yeah. times where there was healing that could have taken place that you failed yeah. to acknowledge. And yeah. I think what you're saying is so true. Like, I mean, I've never like had to battle with infertility. Yeah. But thank you for listening in to yet another episode of the Raw Mama podcast. I hope that you left this episode feeling inspired, encouraged, and motivated to pursue and live out the fullness of God's purpose for your life. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast. And throughout the week, you can always find me on Instagram and it is at Roaring underscore mama. Let's have a conversation. DM me. Let's talk a little. Let's have a chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Um, and like always, do not forget to roar because your raw matters.